So Romans 12 starts off with, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Thank you, Corinne. Hi, everyone. Uh, lovely to see you uh, again. And uh, we're coming back to Romans uh, chapter 12. So uh, during this last six months, we've been working our way through the book of Romans. Uh, and now we're up to Romans chapter 12. It's going to be a, a terrific time uh, over the next six weeks to finish off the book of Romans. But before we get there, I want to show you one of my... Um, sort of ISO projects. Um, so I've, got a, I've been doing fermented stuff, right? So I've got sourdough uh, was my first set of projects. But this one, anyone know what this is? Uh, this is kombucha. Uh, it may not look it to those kombucha experts, but uh, it actually is. Uh, and I'm not going to show you in too much detail because it, it is actually pretty ugly looking, even though it's delicious tasting, right? So, um, but how it works is um, uh, up the top of this... Uh, liquid here, this kombucha mix, uh, is a thing called a scoby. Uh, and the scoby is this kind of um, leathery kind of... and it's a, Scoby actually stands for symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. Uh, and what happens, right, and that's a scoby, what happens is um, this here, what you pour into this is just um, black tea mixed with some sugar, right? So it's a kind of a, a sweet tea. Uh, you pour that in the top, and uh, the SCOBY does its work. Um, not, not instantly, so you look at some of you are looking for some you know, instant chemical reaction. You know, over time, what happens is the SCOBY then feeds on the sugary tea, and, and over time it produces... Let me taste this. Here we go. Mm-mm. It, it produces uh, a, a delicious fermented tea drink. Um, and uh, so there it is. Um, but what you've got to do is you've got to be careful to keep the balance right. Because, uh, you know, sometimes if you're like me, you don't do the work of pouring the stuff in the top, right? Because that takes time. You've got to heat it up, cool it down, and then you add it. So that takes a little, like about half an hour's preparation. Uh, but you only need to do that once every few days, once, uh, you know, once every four days or so. Um, <clears throat> but if you forget to keep adding that uh, in the top, 
and you just keep coming and harvesting the delicious tea drink, what's going to happen over time? Anyone know? <clears throat> it becomes vinegary, vinegary and sour, um, and unpalatable. <clears throat> and so you, you go, I'm going back for another beautiful drink of kombucha, and you go back and you go, oh, that was, that was not right. And it's because uh, you need to you know, constantly kind of be, uh, you know, every now and then just topping it up with the sweet tea, uh, and if you keep draining it, it becomes vinegar and sour, and ultimately, if you drain it completely, the scoby just becomes this leathery, rock-hard thing uh, that's ugly and not useful for anything particularly. So you throw it in your compost uh, heap at that time. Right, so there it is, the kombucha. And you're thinking to yourself, well, that's great, Dave, but what's that got to do with Romans 12 and the Christian life? Uh, and I say much in every way. <clears throat> I want you to start using your mind. Uh, what's that got to do? It brings me to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Have a look there. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Can you see the connection with kombucha? Is anyone feeling like they're... All right, let me, let me run with it. See, the first 11 chapters of Romans... So we've gone through 11 chapters of this 16-chapter letter. And the first 11 chapters is dominated by what God has done for us, by the mercy of God, uh, sending Jesus into our desperate need, into our lives of sin, uh, our lives heading towards judgment. God sends his son as the great act of love, and he brings forgiveness by his death on the cross, and he brings hope and love. We're adopted into his family. We have this incredible hope of eternal life. But the interesting thing is, in, in 11 chapters, right, chapters 1 to 11 of Romans, there are only seven imperatives. Right? And an imperative is what we must do. There are only seven commands in 315 verses of Romans chapters 1 to 11. Now, that's not a lot, is it? Um, now you come to chapter 12, and in this one chapter, there are 20 commands in 21 verses. Uh, you can see there's a tipping point uh, that's taken place. But we need to be careful. The do's, the imperatives of Romans chapter 12, flow from the wonderful things that God has done for us uh, in the Lord Jesus. Um, and, uh, so, and so that's, that's why he starts, in view of God's mercy. Right? What he's going to say in chapter 12, verse 1 and following, depends on us having understood the great things that he has done for us in Jesus. Uh, so like healthy kombucha, right, we need God to fill our lives with forgiveness, love, with his spirit. Uh, we need God to fill us, and it's as God fills us that we produce the beautiful lives of good works that God desires. But if we try to live those lives of good works, but disconnect ourselves from God's mercy, then our good works will become tiresome, they'll become sour, 
we'll do them with a sense of bitterness, and ultimately we will feel spiritually dry. Uh, what we need to do, God wants us to live incredibly beautiful, fruitful lives of good works, but what we need to do is recognize that that will only flow from that rich source of mercy that God has poured out on us and keep grounding what we do in the mercy of God. And I want to say this to all the ministry teams of the lakes, uh, you know, for the musicians and the sound guys and, and Noreen's morning tea crew, uh, everyone who serves in so many ways across our church, the kids' church, what we need to do as ministry team leaders is make sure that the people serving with us are not falling into a pattern of just doing it out of a sense of dry obligation. This is my Christian duty. What we need to do is keep, keep reminding one another of the incredible mercy of God, of his love and forgiveness, because our good works ought to naturally overflow from God's incredible love towards us. So here we are, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And today, we're going to pick up on the first three outflows, the first three implications of God's mercy in our lives. The first one's there in verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So here's the first outflow, right? We've been hearing of God's mercy and love and forgiveness. Outflow number one is offer your body in living sacrifice. Now, um, if you're like me, you think about the Old Testament and someone asks you to explain the sacrifices of the Old Testament, immediately I'd go to the sin sacrifices. Uh, and how they worked is, here am I, uh, a, a typical Jewish guy, um, I've sinned against God, and I think, how do I, how do I wash that clean? How do I find forgiveness between me and a holy God? Uh, and God gave this system of sacrifice where what I do is I bring my uh, goat or my bull, and I'll place my hands on that animal, and it's like my sin is being transferred onto the animal, and then the animal is killed, its blood is splattered over the altar and then the animal itself, the dead animal, is placed on the altar and burnt in sacrifice. And that was the way that me, a sinful person, could come into relationship with the holy God. My sin was forgiven because the animal died in my place. And Romans chapter 3, if you remember back there, it made it very clear that Jesus Christ, in his death on the cross, was the one complete, all-sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Now that Jesus has come, and it's like our sin has been laid on him, now that he has come, there is no more sacrifice for sins required. He's dealt with it, uh, paid the price once for all in his death, on the cross, in his bloodshed, we are forgiven. Uh, and it's all about what he's done for us, nothing we've, we've done. Right. But 
In the Old Testament, there was another type of sacrifice. Just quickly call out, what's the other type of sacrifice the Old Testament talks about? A thanksgiving or a free will offering or a fellowship offering. Um, and uh, it's interesting, with those sacrifices, I, I think of them as the party sacrifices. They're the party sacrifices because they're not, they're not designed to deal with my sin. They are a response to what God has done in forgiving me through the, the, the sin sacrifice. I've done the sin sacrifice and now I go, I don't have to do this sacrifice. I don't have to do it to take away my sin, but I just want to. Uh, I want to give something freely to God. It's not a sense of duty. It's not some dry sense of obligation. I just want to say to God, you are so good. You have been so good to us. And it's a party sacrifice because what I'd do is I'd gather my family and friends. I'd gather the priests as well. And together, we'd kill the animal, put it on the altar, but it was more like a barbecue because we'd then sit around and eat it and celebrate joyfully, remembering the great things God had done. But it's a free will offering, not an obligation. It's a thanksgiving. It's a fellowship offering. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 is about that. Right? Having received forgiveness through the once and only sacrifice of Jesus, how do we respond? Well, it's time to party. Right? It's time for the fellowship, the free will offering. And what is our free will offering? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. I want you to notice that we offer, it's, it's our bodies that we offer, and we offer them as a living sacrifice. Uh, Darren was saying this week, Darren Box, um, what's the problem with a living sacrifice? And the answer is it wants to keep climbing off the altar, right? You know, with the dead sacrifice, you put it on the altar and it just stays there. You don't have to worry. With a living sacrifice, put it on the altar and then you turn around and it's gone. And you just think, oh, okay. And, and, and what we've got to recognise is that offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, it's not a once-for-all thing, is it? It's a day-by-day -day decision. Because my will, I, I keep forgetting God, you know, and I keep chasing after other things. So day by day, I need to recenter myself. What has God done for me? What is the appropriate response? Well, the only appropriate response is to give myself fully, wholeheartedly to him every day. And I choose to do it. I do it joyfully. It's not a dry sense of duty. How else can I respond to the incredible love that God has poured out on me, but to give myself fully in his service, joyfully in thanks. So I want you to just take a moment and think about your life. Think about your time. Will you give your time to God as an act of worship? Your energy. Will you give your energies to God in worship? Think about your talents and abilities. They are God-given. Will you offer them in sacrifice to God, 
holy and pleasing to him. Think about your money. Now, I'm not saying at this point you have to go and sell your house and everything, but what is your attitude to your money or your possessions? Will you offer them to God to be used in his service, not in your own service? Think about your heart, your affections. Will you give all of your affection to God? Now, this is not new, right? The great command, love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and strength and soul. That was where the, the Old Testament law was always pointing But now through Jesus and what he has done, it becomes a reality in our lives. Offer your bodies wholeheartedly, without holding anything back, to God. Will you do that today? And I say today because today is the day to take action. There's a beautiful psalm in Psalm 95. And the psalm starts, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Every day when you hear God's word calling you to respond to him, that is a day when you go, I'm not going to wait a week. I'm not going to wait a month. I'm going to deal with God today. And I'm going to make a decision today. Will you make a decision today to offer your bodies in in their entirety in joyful worship, in a free will offering to the Lord Jesus? And will you do that day after day after day? Because like the living sacrifice, you're going to be tempted to jump off the altar, but will you choose day by day to give yourself to God and his purposes? That's outflow number one. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Outflow number two, right? Remember, God's poured his mercy into our life, and these are the things that flow out as our response. Outflow number two, do not conform, but be transformed. It's there in verse two. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's just such a beautiful verse, isn't it? We want transformation. But unless we actively think about it, unless we actively do something, what happens is we become conformed to our world. I remember... um, me and my brother and sister, I remember back to, um, we used to go on holidays at Coffs Harbour where my grandparents lived, um, and we were good swimmers, and when we'd get, when we'd get to uh, the beach, straight away we'd jump out into the surf and start catching waves. And this particular summer, we had, um, you remember, you know boogie boards? We had the, pr- the thing before boogie boards, which were these inflatable surf mats, right? Uh, and uh, And so... Uh, we'd jump on our surf mats and be looking to catch waves. And I remember we went out beyond the breakers, you know, because we were waiting for a big wave and we are watching the horizon. And we were so excited. We were just chatting to each other. And uh, it was actually... <laughs> anyway, before we realised that we turned around and we had drifted, all the, the beach wasn't in sight. It was just the rocks of the headland. Uh, and we had, we'd totally unaware we were caught in a rip 
Uh, and so we somehow scrambled ashore, but that's not the point I'm trying to make, right? That, the point I'm trying to make is there is a strong current in our world. Our world and its values are like a rip. And if we're not aware and mindful, we will just be caught in the current uh, and, and we will drift. And sometimes it will happen imperceptibly, and, and especially if we're looking in the wrong place, we just won't even notice it happening, and then we'll turn around and realise, wow, I wanted to offer my body as a living sacrifice, but I've just drifted so far away from God, and I didn't even mean for that to happen. Um, <clears throat> See, so you think about our world. This is a world that God made. And he deserves honour and glory and praise for it, doesn't he? It's a world that God made, but the God who made our world is hardly ever spoken of. Have you noticed that? We just hardly ever hear anything about the God who made our world. And there are a million things that unless we are vigilant, they will just squeeze God out of our lives to the point where, without realising it, we drift away from God uh, and he's, we squeeze God out. Now, this, op- this year is a fantastic opportunity to reset. Right? This year's been a strange year, hasn't it? Um, you know, we went into lockdown for a while this year and during lockdown, for many of us, our lives became a whole lot simpler Right, there was complexities, weren't there? We had to change the way we did things. But for lots of us, our lives became a whole lot simpler. And a lot of stuff just had to go on hold. Um, but it doesn't last for long. So for many of us, the bus- busyness has ramped up. And some of you are feeling just as busy, if not busier than ever. But I want to encourage you, in the midst of all of that, don't just conform to the patterns of this world. Don't just go back to living that busy life that you know historically has squeezed God out, has actually given you too little time to reflect on God. Don't go back to that life. Today, this year, you want to use the opportunity to rethink your life. Um, and, And we're talking about good things. We're talking about things like sport, family, house, renovations, gardening, internet, TV, gaming, travel. I don't know, you can just add a whole lot of stuff. Think about what it is that fills your life. If we are not deliberate and focused, then those good things will actually squeeze God out of our time and our affections. But this passage is saying, don't do it. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now notice, the opposite of being conformed is it says, be transformed. Now, it's a funny command, isn't it? Because it's not something that we ultimately do. Be transformed, because God transforms us. Be transformed by God. He is the one by his spirit 
by his word who will transform us. Um, So it's a passive command, but it involves our active participation. We choose to be transformed as we create space in our lives to hear God's word, to gather with his people, to pray, to give God the focus that he deserves in our lives. Now, if you've been drifting as a Christian, if you look back and you think, yes, I've been caught in a rip, and it might be a fast-flowing rip, or it might just be just that gradual bit by bit, today is the day to take action, to choose to be transformed, to put yourself in a place where you are going to regularly hear God's word in your own personal Bible reading and prayer, with your family, here at church, in a growth group. Make sure that God's word is the main input, the main voice uh, leading you in your life. Uh, And will you lead your families to be transformed? Will you make decisions, as much as you have leadership in your family, will you make decisions to lead your family in being transformed. But whatever you do, don't allow that drift to keep happening. Take responsibility for the little decisions that will either lead you to being conformed to this world or transformed by God and his spirit and his word. There's outflow number two. Outflow number three, think sober about yourself. Uh, Verse 3, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Um, Now, I've got a confession uh, that I'm actually really proud to make. I have never been drunk in my life. Uh, And, you know, many of you will be surprised to hear it, but I grew up with a with, a, with Christian parents who had a really healthy attitude to drinking. Uh, and as a young teenager, I was wrestling with trying to live out God's will in my life. Uh, and that protected me from the excesses of so many of my friends. And I'm so thankful to that. Because I've seen amongst my mates what happens when they get drunk. Uh, and... They lose their judgment. That's the bottom line is they lose their judgment. I've seen them, and some of it's funny, you know, trying to pick up girls that, you know, where they're just punching way above, you know, their weight. Uh, but they'll step into that, you know, trying to pick up girls or picking fights when they're just utterly inept for it. But all of a sudden, they just feel like the Hulk, you know, in this situation. Crashing their cars. The number of car crashes in my year of HSC. Uh, like we had about half a dozen of my peers crash their car in somewhere or another, often under the influence, and a whole bunch of other stupid stuff that we still remember and laugh about. But amongst it all, there was a whole lot of shameful stuff that doesn't get repeated. But it's all because they lost their judgment. And God says... Don't think too highly of yourself, but rather with sober judgment. 
Now, what's going to sober you up in your thinking about yourself? It's God's Word. You know, read Romans chapters 1 to 11 once more. Remind yourself that we're all in this together. We are all sinners. We've all, in one way or another, turned our backs on God, ignored his goodwill for our lives, so that all of us, every single one of us, need saving. And praise God, he sent the Saviour, Jesus Christ. But he is a Saviour that every single one of us needed, Every single one of us is a sinner saved by grace, and that ought to bring a humility where I don't think of myself somehow better than any of my brothers and sisters. We're in it together. We need God, we need his word, and we need one another. So, verse 4, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ... Though many, uh, we form one body and each member belongs to all the others. Each member, each of us, if we're a child of God, we belong to one another. There's a one another character to the Christian life. We're not saved to be solo Christians, saved to be part of a body. We need each other. With Livestream Church over these past few months, uh, I've been... No one's said this to me, but some of my other pastors uh, have said this. They've talked to Christians who are wondering if they ever need to return. Uh, and, and the thinking goes like this. I can tune in from home. Uh, it's easier, quicker. It's more convenient for me. It's just far easier for my family if I just stay at home, watch from bed. And I just want to say... As much as you might have enjoyed uh, the last few months, as much as you're still enjoying uh, this time right now, it is not sober thinking, right? It's not sober thinking because church is not all about you. It's about my brothers and sisters. God's given us to each other. They, my brothers and sisters need me, and whether you realise it or not, you need them. You need them. He, he's created us for relationship and interdependence with one another. Don't isolate yourself. He's called us to be part of a body. Many parts, different functions, same purpose. And that purpose is a people united in lives of wholehearted, unreserved Worship of God, uh, giving ourselves to Him. Verse 6 We have different gifts according to the grace given us, but whatever God has given you, you think about your life. What are the experiences that God has given you in your life? What are your abilities? Um, what are your passions? Whatever those things are, they are not just about you, they are not just for you. The things God has given you, he has given you for the sake of the body, for building one another. So verse 6, 
verse 6b, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. When Paul talks about prophesying, he's not just talking about predicting the future. There is an element of that prophecy certainly runs through Scripture. But often when Paul talks about prophesying, he's just talking about bringing the Word of God to bear on the lives of one another. Uh, Bringing an apt word into a particular situation. Uh, Seeing the flow of our society and being able to speak God's word into it. Or seeing a friend drifting away and being able to speak a relevant word into their lives. Uh, And we want a church full of prophets like that. Full of those sort of words. Words of God being spoken into our lives together. Verse 7, if it's serving, <clears throat> if it's serving, then serve. Now, don't cop out at, at this point, right? You go, oh, that's not my gift. <clears throat> well, develop that gift, right? Because serving is Christianity 101, right? We follow the servant king who calls us to become servants. Uh, and so I think Paul, I, I don't know, he probably, anyway, he wants... Jesus wants all of us to develop our ability to serve. If it's teaching, then teach. Verse 8, if it's to encourage, then give encouragement. And again, I don't want you to cop out, I know I'm a discourager, that's my gift. No, no, all of us work hard at the gift of encouragement because that's what builds the people of God. If it's giving, then give generously. God's given us all so much and he wants it to overflow in lives of generosity. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Right? These are free will offerings uh, in response to what God has done for us. So take a moment. What gifts has God given you? Uh, you know what they are. Uh, because you know, sometimes you reflect on your life and there's things about your life that you are proud of or happy about, uh, things that you're passionate about. What are the experiences God's given you or the opportunities? Reflect on those things. It's lovely to hear Noreen uh, earlier and Andrew talking about <clears throat> you know, their, their passion for street food and for hospitality and something that God has stirred in them Uh, And they're looking for opportunities to use that to reach out to our region, (coughs) but also to build up the church. Um, And yeah, you could join them in their passion on Sunday mornings as they serve us morning tea and so on. I'm just going to have a drink of my delicious fermented tea here. Okay. All right. Um, So now if you're struggling to think about this, if if you're thinking, oh, I just don't. I don't know what, how I can be used, then talk to a trusted Christian friend about it uh, because we can definitely help you think into how you can use what God has given you for his glory. Um, but whatever you do, don't waste what God has given you. You know, it'd be like me pouring all this beautiful, you know, syrupy tea in the top and then it just spilling out over it and not getting that beautiful glass of delicious fermented tea uh, at the end, right? Don't waste what God has given you. God has given you those things for the sake of one another 
for the body to build his people. Uh, And I want to point out that now more than ever, we have a whole bunch of ways that you can use your gifts amongst us. Because even in our community life together, things have changed so much this year. And we'd love you to thoughtfully, prayerfully consider how you will serve this body uh, of brothers and sisters here at the Lakes. Uh, And we'll send out an email this week. Uh, And please don't, you know, sometimes you look at an email and you go, okay, yep, sure, move on. Uh, And you read the first couple of sentences if, well, I want you to actually go see that email and go, oh yeah, I'm going to take time to fill that out, to actually consider uh, how will I serve. And I want to say, even you know, for you brothers and sisters out there on the live stream, even if you don't feel like you're ready yet to come back face to face, we would still love your help because we want to come out of this season of coronavirus without losing anyone. Right? So we, we don't want anyone to become lost or to drift away. And I am very aware that there are stacks of people in our church who I would normally be seeing week by week. Um, and I don't want to you know, come into next year or wherever it is, whenever it is that these restrictions ease to find that brothers and sisters have kind of been lost during this time and we just haven't been aware. Uh, and so there is a need we have right at the moment to get on the phone and contact some of our brothers and sisters. And that's something that even if you're at home and feeling like you're a bit confined to home, you could help us with that. Uh, And we'd love your help making contact uh, with people we haven't seen or heard of much during these last couple of months. So, brothers and sisters, don't waste the gifts that God has given you. How will you use those things in wholehearted worship of God for the building up of his people. Remember Psalm 95? Today, if you hear his voice, take action. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't say, tomorrow I'll deal with that. Today, if you hear his voice, today is the day to respond. And so let me ask you three questions. Will you today and every day offer your body as a living sacrifice, willingly, joyfully, not out of dry obligation, but fueled by the love and mercy of God, will you offer your body in response? Secondly, will you be alert to the drift of conforming to this world? Uh, Will you be alert to that and instead deliberately choose today to be transformed, to put yourself in a place where you're going to hear God's word, where you're going to be spurred to take God's word to heart, where the spirit can transform you from the inside. And will you think soberly about yourself? Give up pretensions that it's all about you, that somehow you're better. Think soberly with humility and recognize I need God, and I I need my brothers and sisters, 
and they need me, and how can, how can I use what God has given me for the building up of God's people? But as you commit to these things, never forget that we can't just let them start flowing forth from us as a sense of dry obligation or duty. Right? We've got to be constantly, like the kombucha, right, fueled by God's love, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, and from there will flow these beautiful lives to the glory of God. I'm going to lead us in prayer. God, our Father, your love towards us never ceases. Your mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Please fill us with your love, your word, your spirit. Stir stir our hearts to give ourselves to you willingly, joyfully, not reluctantly, but wholeheartedly. Please renew our minds, transform us to know you, to know your will, and to live it out, to not conform to the patterns of this world. Please give us humility as we consider ourselves to recognise our deep need for you, our need for one another, and, and the need our brothers and sisters have for me to love and serve. Help us to take the gifts, the talents, the time, money, energy that you have given each one of us and help us to use them to build one another to your glory. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.